Hi there, I'm Chloe Veltman and you're tuned in to NPR's Book of the Day. Conflicts in far-off countries, especially those that took place decades ago, can often feel remote to people here in the US, if they register at all. But Brotherless Night, a new novel by Vivi Ganeshanathan, brings the devastation and turmoil of the Sri Lankan civil war into sharp relief. In an interview with Here and Now's Deepa Fernandez, the author talks about the decision to tell her complex story through the eyes of a young woman and her family, torn apart by their allegiances to each other and to the Tamil Tigers movement. She also considers the war in the context of centuries of colonisation by the Dutch, the Portuguese and the English. Here's Deepa Fernandez. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. A recent novel brings a conflict that might be a distant memory for many Americans into sharp focus. Between 1983 and 2009, civil war between the majority Sinhalese government and the minority Tamil insurgents, also known as the Tamil Tigers, devastated Sri Lanka. The United Nations estimates that between 80 and 100,000 people were killed. The book Brotherless Night looks at those years through the eyes of Sashi, who is 16 in 1981. She lives with her parents and four brothers in the predominantly Tamil community of Jaffna. Sashi wants to be a doctor, but her hopes are threatened by the increasing violence and the pull of the Tamil tigers, not only on Sashi's community, but on her family and eventually Sashi herself. The book Brotherless Night is written by Vivi Ganeshanantan, who is also of Sri Lankan Tamil descent. She goes by Sugi. Sugi, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So, Sugi, your book is about the Sri Lankan Civil War. And what people may not understand is why the government, which was Sinhalese, would so brutally target its own citizens who were Tamils. Can you explain for us? A lot of this, I think, arises from the question of kind of whose place is it? The Dutch, the Portuguese, and lastly, the British colonized Sri Lanka. The British left in 1948. But before that, they used the sort of classic divide and rule strategy that they used in many other places. Uh, they promoted many English-speaking Tamils to work in, for example, civil service or kind of government positions. And then when they left, there was um, the notion that a majority Sinhalese government could redress this inequality. So for example, they put in a language act that made Sinhalese the national language. And over the years, um, many kinds of conflicts over land, over language have evolved and have pushed these communities in the direction of conflict, which did erupt in 1983 with anti-Thumal pogroms in Colombo, which is the capital of Sri Lanka. We feel those attacks uh, on the Tamils through this one family, through this one young woman, Sashi. Why did you want to take this approach and present this conflict through the eyes of one family and this one young woman? As I did my research, people always spoke to me about the war through the frames of their families. You know, this was what had happened to my family. This was what my family looked like at the beginning of the war. And this is what my family looked like at the end. This is what mm. happened to my siblings. This is what happened to my children. Those were the stories that they were telling me. So it was very easy 
to come to the conclusion that that was the way to tell the story. And right at the beginning, we hear from Sashi as a grown woman in 2009. And she says of herself, she used to be, and I'm quoting here, what you would call a terrorist. But she goes on to add that she and others could be considered terrorists, but they were civilians first. Is that one of the things you wanted to explore in the book, the complex nature of how ordinary people can be drawn into conflicts? Certainly. I think that I was very interested in writing about the kind of gray space between militarized societies and questions of choice and coercion, right? I mean, how can you even tell what it is that you're choosing to do if someone with a gun is asking you to do something? So I was interested in exploring that gray space. And I was also interested in upending the rhetoric of terrorism, which is largely a rhetoric that comes out of governments. And so it's a rhetoric that does not hold state terror to account at all. I also, of course, come from a community that was subject to that rhetoric long before 9-11. So it was something that I had spent a lot of time thinking about. And in reading the novel, Sugi, I felt a lot of empathy for the Tamil Tigers resistance group. They, you know, a band of these young Tamil men simply standing up for their people against government brutality. But as the novel progressed, you know, we learn more about their own brutality and you tell this through a Tamil family that's torn by their allegiances to each other and to the movement. Was this the reality for many Tamil families as they came to be targeted by the Sinhalese government? I think that it was because it's very hard for me to think off the top of my head of a family that wasn't in some way touched by proximity to the movement, as people sometimes refer to the Tigers. So... I mean, the question of, like, what is your position vis-a-vis the movement? Were people in your family affiliated with the movement? Were people in your family affected by demands from the movement, violence from the movement, etc.? You know, did the Tigers have a key role in protecting you from state violence? All of these different stories are present and jostling for space with each other. So when it came to expressing any criticism of what the Tigers were doing, that was a place where the Tigers brutally crushed a lot of dissent. And they did that also among their own communities. So those were stories that were important to put in and and were also ones that existed in spaces that we traditionally think of as homes for free speech, like universities. My character, Sashi, she wants to go to medical school and she spends time at a university. And that's one of the places that she sees affected by this kind of contracting space for freedom of speech. Mm. You know, you're writing about a very specific kind of political history, and I'm guessing, you know, a large part of your audience is is here in the United States. How much did you feel the need to explain context and culture and history? Because, you know, I've read some novels where it feels really spoon-fed, but I didn't get that from yours. I, I felt much more like I was in the middle of it without being spoon-fed anything. I'm glad to hear that. I think that, you know, I've spent a long time studying this history and thinking about the terms that we use to describe it. And even the question that you asked me at the beginning about how to describe the history, that's a question really that I have to answer every time I write anything. And so I have tried also to portray the story right from the point of view of the people who are living it. And those people don't necessarily, they don't need certain kinds of explanations. You know, and and that leads me to wonder about historical accuracy in in fiction. You're fictionalizing the Sri Lankan civil war. How true were you to the actual events? 
I was pretty accurate. Accuracy was important to me because I felt that so much of what I knew to be accurate had been intentionally erased. Um, Mm. And so it was part of the project of the book to set those things down in a way that would make space for the people I was speaking to about this period of time to talk to me. And also that would tell the story in a way that was intelligible and recognizable to the people who had lived through it and maybe to their children who didn't live through it and might want some sense of what that had been like. By the end of the book, you know, I had this big question of what did all of this brutality and fighting achieve for the Tamil people and the Tamil tigers who were purportedly doing this for their own people Do you think Tamil people were better off when the conflict ended than when it started? It seems to me almost impossible to say yes to that question. One of the projects of the book also is to kind of look at how did this story begin because it ended so brutally and what could have happened differently, not just on the part of Tamil people, but on everyone's parts. Uh, on the part of the diaspora, Sinhalese and Tamil, on the part of the international community, on the part of the state, of course. And then also, yes, what kind of resistance do we expect civil society to muster? What makes a civil society prepared for a principled resistance? And what does a principled resistance look like? Where might something like that fail? There were so many casualties, and there was also such a massive exodus from Sri Lanka of Tamil people. It did an enormous amount of damage. And just finally, Sri Lanka has been so devastated, not only by the civil war, but by the tsunami in 2004, by government corruption currently and and in the previous administration. What do you think are the prospects for its future? That is a very hard question to answer right now because, Mm. of course, Sri Lanka is on the verge of an IMF bailout and there has been enormous suffering really due to socioeconomic conditions on top of all of the other things that the country has experienced, the war, the tsunami. It's going to take a long time to recover from that. And there are activists in country and scholars in country who are doing a lot of really thoughtful work. And of course, um, the People's Movement, which was very active about actually maybe about a calendar year ago, people were were protesting those economic conditions. So I hope that those people continue to find space for their voices, but I think it's very hard. Well, the novel is a page-turner. Vivi Ganeshanantan, also known as Sugi, is the author of Brotherless Night, a novel about the civil war in Sri Lanka. Sugi, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.